if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, ends much more abruptly uh, than expected, I would say, the, uh, the, the thing, the uh, intro does. But what can you do? Very loud. But. It, is, it is quite loud. The mix there, not, not, a, not a great one. But, you know, everybody's headphones are different, the whole thing. So when I was doing it, it just seemed like the right volume. But whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> Countdown 2022, March Madness, number two, February 14th, 2022, the day. Uh, we, I mean, last week um, was – Certainly a week that is very February-like. You saw a lot of the good teams lose. You saw uh, some of the other mid-major schools kind of show that they are clearly the best in that conference. And I think we start with Auburn losing um, an upset pick that we both had a pretty obvious pick. Uh, I nailed it with the J.D. Note. He was totally dominant in this game, 28 points, a few steals, a couple blocks. Uh, he was a big-time player in that game, and I feel like Auburn was always a, a very vulnerable number one overall team given the Georgia and Missouri games. Yeah, they they struggled against some some weaker teams. Uh, they they were due for a loss, I think. Um, and back on the must bus. Yep, absolutely. Got to be back on it. Uh, the the dream that you want to die that is pretty much dead is the West Coast Conference four bids. Uh, painful Thank death goodness. with San Francisco going down, but San Francisco did rebound with victories over uh, Pepperdine. Who, come on, that's a game they got to win. They won by uh, <laughs> forty-four points, and Santa Clara they beat pretty easily. So I still think San Francisco is good enough to be a tournament team. You look at the metrics; they're good. It's just that kind of a loss is uh, pretty bad because considering before that lost to Grand Canyon, which is not great. Um, but not the end of the world. Lost Loyola, Chicago, BYU, Gonzaga, St. Mary's. But then you lose to Portland. That's that's bad. Uh, yeah. But I think the West Coast Conference is pretty much guaranteed two bids right now. I think Gonzaga obviously is a lock, mm. and St. Mary's I think is going to get in. Uh, but then if San, San Francisco or Santa Clara finish strong, 
or even BYU, if, if one of those teams, somebody's got to snipe Gonzaga. That's the only way. If somebody beats Gonzaga in the tournament, uh, that's the only way they're going to get three hours. Yeah, soon. I don't see it happening. I mean, what uh, St. Mary's uh, played them tough for about what ten minutes. Then <laughs> yeah, I would say that's fair. Uh, it was it was a, a one point game in the first half of the first half. Yeah, so. and then Gonzaga had a uh, like a thirteen point lead at the half. So yeah. I think Gonzaga is probably untouchable until until whenever their time comes in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, uh, they do finish the schedule strong in terms of West Coast Conference opponents, San Francisco St. Mary's to finish the season, but uh, I don't think they're going to have too much trouble with either of them. They beat San Francisco by uh, sixteen, and then they beat St. Mary's by sixteen. So, not sure that anything's going to happen with them. I mean, the I, I can't believe that every single year we talk about Gonzaga. And like their schedule, it's like, what do you expect? Like, they can't do anything. They can't go to a different conference. Right. They can't go to the Pac-12. It's just not going to happen. The Pac-12 yeah. wants football. They're not going to get football with Gonzaga. And Gonzaga always has a really hard non-conference schedule. So why do I see these stupid tweets talking about Mark Few is taking the easy way every season? <laughs> it's so yeah. I, I mean, they they really don't have much of a choice. Uh, football drives conferences, so it, it it is what it is. So. Gonzaga lost to Duke by three. They lost to Alabama by nine, but Alabama literally like could not miss in that game. They shot uh, thirteen. They made thirteen threes, and they pretty much controlled the pace. And that was an off game for Gonzaga. Yeah, I, they just I killed everybody it, else. I think Chet Holmgren's finally has his college legs too. I mean, I, I think he came in and you know wasn't spectacular like everybody thought, and now he's he's figuring it out. Um, so yeah, one, now that they got him going, they're going to be tough to beat regardless of who they play. I mean, he's shooting 74% from inside the three-point line. Yeah. So that's – and he's also shooting 46% from three as well. So that's that's going to be a problem. I think teams are going to have a lot of trouble with him and Timmy. That was the big averaging thing. like 42 blocks a game or something like that? I think he's got a lot going. Uh, he's not Walker Kessler, but he is he's getting some blocks. I mean, Walker Kessler, we can talk about that real quick. Auburn – uh, bouncing back on uh, Saturday against yeah. a bad, uh, a very bad Texas A&M team. Like Texas A&M was sneaky good for a little bit, but they're just not good now. And Walker Kessler had uh, casual twelve blocks, so good yeah. by uh, Texas Heck of a way to get a, going at him. A triple double with blocks, right? <laughs> yeah, he had twelve, eleven, and twelve. Yeah, I mean, why do you even keep going after him? At that point, <laughs> why don't you just shoot threes? I feel True. like that's kind of – they're also – with Texas A&M's 207th in the country, three-point percentage. So now we know why they didn't do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the West Coast Conference four-bid thing is dead. And uh, when Purdue beat Illinois, you get the feeling, okay, Purdue's probably in a tier of their own in the Big Ten. Yeah. But I think the issue with closing games – or not turning it on for a long time. Like they did not turn it on until they were down 11 to Maryland and they won because Maryland's not good, uh, but they did get murdered by Michigan. Michigan destroyed them. That was yeah. another upset pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, think there's Purdue a team is, in their tier of their own. I don't Purdue think there's a team a question, in the Big Ten. Big question mark. What's there's no team. There? There's no team in the Big Ten that is in a tier of their own right yeah. now. Yeah. I think they're kind of jumbled together at the top. Yeah. But I think Purdue yeah. – if they can learn how to close games or at least start to like play a full uh, 40 like they did against Illinois, mm-hmm. I think that's when you're really worried about them. But uh, 
other, I mean, elsewhere in the Big Ten, Rutgers is apparently like the 95-96 Bulls when they're playing at home. I mean, yeah. they beat Ohio State. They beat Ohio State, Purdue, and Michigan State at home. Uh, they beat at they won at Wisconsin. Yeah, they still have a terrible net ranking, but I feel like that's a team that can sneak into the tournament. I know they have a couple of really, really ugly losses. Lafayette is just horrendous. Yeah, but them and Michigan, I think, could could sneak in. I feel like Indiana is a team that might be in trouble with with a tournament bid late in the season in the Big Ten. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, Rutgers. I mean, they've they've went on a heck of a run, beat, beating Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin the last three. They play Illinois Wednesday. Um, so I mean, they could definitely play themselves in. No, no question. Uh, you know, they played Illinois, Purdue, Michigan, <laughs> Wisconsin, still left on their schedule. So yeah, they got to win a few. They could, uh, they could. Oh yeah, they could also lose every game from here on out. And, See, the like, thing that makes no sense with they're them. They're very streaky. Two and three in quad two with losses to Penn State, Minnesota, and DePaul. Two and two in quad three with losses to Maryland and UMass. And six and one in quad four with a loss to Lafayette. So it's like they're over 500 in quad one, but then they're under 500 in quad two and at 500 in quad three. Makes no sense. Like they have some great wins, but just some really <laughs> ugly losses like Penn State Minnesota, DePaul. I mean, those are bad. Uh, I I don't know. Nine and five in the Big Ten. They get a couple more Q one wins. Can be hard to argue. Like if they're seven and five in quad one to end the season, how do you not put them in? Yeah, I feel like that's going to be a very hard thing for the committee to do. They're eighty first in the net though, so that's definitely hurting them right now. Uh, But in the Big Ten, like I said, Indiana forty first in the net right now. Uh, They have three Q two losses. They're two and five in quad one. If they fall under 500 by a few games in Big Ten play, I think they're in trouble. They're seven and seven right now in the Big Ten, but it's going to be dependent, I think, on Michigan. I mean, Michigan's ahead of Indiana by six spots in the yeah. net, uh, despite a two and six quad one mark. Do you think a nine and eleven Big Ten uh, regular season record gets you into the tournament, or you got to be you got to be ten and ten? I don't know. I think it depends on the losses. I yeah, feel like if true. you have a Rutgers type Q4 loss, that's going to kill you. Yeah. But I mean, I think yeah. for the good of the tournament, I would much rather see Rutgers than than Indiana right now. Who who the hell wants to watch Indiana? It's <laughs> true. embarrassing. True. They're most of the time they can't shoot. They run zero offense. They're pretty good defensively. Uh, but I don't want to watch that. I mean, who cares? Um, but I think Michigan, one of Michigan and Rutgers will get in. I believe. I think one of them sneaks in, and Michigan yeah. has the clear advantage with their net ranking right now. They're ahead of teams that maybe they shouldn't be ahead of, but uh, they are, so we'll see. Uh, Oklahoma officially back on the bubble after a victory over Texas Tech. Oklahoma with a Q3 loss to Butler. Other than that, they've been pretty good. I mean, 3-8 and eight in the Big 12, uh, in the, in the uh, Q1 department, 4-8 and eight in the Big 12. Does hurt them a lot, I would think. Yeah. But one of these Big 12 teams that has a ton of losses in conference play is probably going to get in. Like Iowa State is uh, three and nine, and Oklahoma's four and eight. I think one of those two probably gets in. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It's hard to hard to measure. I don't really see either of them as a tournament team, but I also think that with the way that things are going, I would assume that we are going to see one of them in there. And uh, 
I don't know how much do you think conference record should matter. I don't even know how much it technically does, but how much should it matter? Uh, I mean, I I guess it doesn't matter as much, but um, I mean, Oklahoma they're gonna have to win some games still, right? I mean, yeah. they're they're fourteen and eleven overall. They're hardly like they're on the bubble, but they're very low on the bubble. Yeah, they gotta be, gotta be pretty low, I would think. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess can you justify putting Oklahoma in and not putting you know teams above them in? Okay, what if it comes down to Oklahoma? What if it comes down to Oklahoma and North Carolina? North Carolina's ten and four in a terrible conference. They've gotten murdered in seven Q one games with zero Q one wins. I think North Carolina gets in because they're North I Carolina. They do. <laughs> and I, I also think the fact that they're – I know they're 0-7 in Q1, but they are also don't have any 2, 3, or 4 losses that are bad. They're 18-0 yeah. uh, and 0 in the others. But 10-4 and 4 in a terrible conference is not that impressive. I mean, you just look at their Q1 losses, it's embarrassing. Like, they weren't even close in any of these games except for Notre Dame. So, yeah. we'll see how the bubble shakes out. It tends to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baylor – destroyed Texas. Uh, Texas had beaten Kansas on Monday before that game. Baylor wins. But uh, Jonathan Chamwa Chachua is out for the season. Uh, I think that's going to kill Baylor in the tournament because I think their interior presence with him and Flo Thamba takes a huge hit here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big loss. And they don't have the same guard play that they did last season. He's done done, right? I mean, there's no chance. No vital there either. I mean, that's it's going to be a problem for them early. I think Baylor, I'd be surprised if Baylor gets the Elite Eight. Yeah. We'll see. It all depends on matchups. Uh, yeah. The Pac-12, that we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about later, I'm sure, but it's very hard to evaluate the Pac-12 right now after Arizona. Like Arizona, clear number one. I think after that, it's, it's completely wide open because the metrics don't like USC. They like UCLA. Oregon lost to Cal. It, it's very, I mean – is this a four bid league or a three bid league? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be close. Yeah, I. They're uh, you know, and they once they got in the tournament last year, they dominated. But they, they do it every year. Yeah, I, but I don't you, know. Cal's a bad loss. <sighs> Cal Cal is uh, eleven and fifteen hundred twenty fourth in Ken Palm. Just a bad team. Cal had lost. Uh, let me do some quick math here. Cal had lost nine games in a row before beating Oregon State and Oregon. So <laughs> the state of Oregon doing their job. Um, Oregon yeah. will probably sneak in though. I, I think so. I don't know how you don't how you don't have four teams from the Pac-12 in. Um, but. but there's like no like there's no way it's anybody other than the top four right now unless they have a shocking right. conference tournament result like last season. Yeah. Oregon State. Yeah, so, Oregon State does that again. Uh, I mean, I will quit, I think. <laughs> They're so bad. Yeah. They yeah. shouldn't even be able to play it. They're 3-19. and 19. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. It's bad. It's embarrassing. But what can you do? Uh, all Ooh, right. Crazy. Crazy. So I said Memphis was going to get taken apart by Houston. Uh, that's on me. <laughs> I didn't know that Penny Hardaway had the capability to win a big game, but he did. So congrats to them. Yeah. Uh, it, Memphis and SMU. One of those two gets a bid, maybe if they make a big run here. I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean Memphis is on a five-game winning streak. Uh, they're they're looking better. Um, Penny's Penny's uh, high schoolers that he has playing apparently have grown up because that was a problem. So 
really beat a gauntlet of Tulsa, East Carolina, UCF, and Tulane before they beat Houston. Yeah. I mean, they got they could they could have if they keep playing this way. Obviously, we know the talents there. It's just the coaching is horrendous. Uh, if they could win their next five, get to ten in a row before they finish the year with Houston, I mean, they're probably in. I, I would I say. Don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think this is a multi-big conference. They got life. They got life. Yeah. Congrats to Penny. Uh, won a big game. Big deal. Uh, so Houston <laughs> lost to both. Memphis and SMU last week. Mm. Not sure what we make of that. I think injuries are probably playing a factor in that. I don't believe that they've had all their guys in there, uh, but we'll see. I mean, obviously Houston's in, one of yeah. the best teams in the country, but pretty bad week for them. Yeah. Uh, Mountain West basketball, before we get to the other things, continues to be just tremendous content. I mean, yesterday, last game of the day before the Super Bowl, uh, Colorado State, Boise State overtime. We're going to talk a lot more in-depth about the Mountain West here in a little bit, but, I mean, have you have you watched any of it yet? Are you, are you I, into, I mean, it's, it's great I stuff. Not. I got nothing. I it's got so it's West. so slow, but they're, like, so efficient compared to what they know. Like, you have Wyoming, a very efficient offense. Colorado State, same thing. But then you have these very efficient defenses with Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno State. Yeah, I, mean, I just—I don't have e, I don't have ESPN Plus, so. You know. well, I think a lot of it's on FS1 or CBS <laughs> Sports Network. Yeah, no, I wanted to watch those games yesterday, but we had, of course, had stuff going on for the Super Bowl, and I didn't get to watch them. So, well, you'll be—I'm sure—give it like a few weeks right before the conference tournament. We'll, we'll be all in on that. Oh, um, yeah. it's the—it's good stuff, though. I think it's probably the best conference to watch. Outside of the Power Five, Power sure. Six conferences, but the problem is the Power Six. I mean, Big East basketball is fine, Big Ten fine, Big Twelve fine, Pac Twelve depends on the game. SEC is good, the ACC is atrocious. Nobody wants to watch that, so that's something that I look at. So maybe the Mountain West is like the third best conference to watch in the in the games here, probably because there's so many different teams that could like they could have a four bid league, uh, yeah. I think. But let's do start, sit, cut. Deep run edition. Everybody loves doing these in the internet. This okay. is based on who you trust to make a deep run in the tournament. And okay. it's uh, five groups of three teams. We'll start with the first one. Auburn, Purdue, Kansas. How do you approach that? Um, I, I Initially looking at it, I thought that I would I would start Auburn. But but then I started thinking that, you know, they're a little streaky. Um, they've They've played some tough games. Um, and Purdue seems to be in the same boat. Um, I know Kansas has played some close games, uh, but I'm going to go uh, start Kansas, sit Auburn, and cut Purdue. Purdue scares me. Yeah, last year they, they got bounced in the first round by North Texas. Um, yeah. So I think Auburn is the team that you can trust here the most because they have like a lot of guys – that can contribute. I mean, yeah. they have a lot, yeah. and their length is unbelievable. Because after you have two shorter guys that play a lot, Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, but then you have Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, which is probably the best four and five in the country right now. Yeah. Uh, you trust their guards because Wendell Green's a really good shooter. Katie Johnson's a lot, I mean, a big-time glue guy, uh, a guy that you need. I know he's not very big, but uh, or he's bulky, but he's not tall. Um, Zepp Jasper, another solid guard, veteran guard to go along with Wendell Green. Their bench is good. Flanagan, 
plays a big role there. 6'6", 215, Jalen Williams as well, another lengthy guy. I just trust them. I mean, I, I know they've had a couple of weird games, but I feel like in the big games they show up. They beat Kentucky. They beat Alabama by a lot. Um, they beat a LSU late December was a big game. They won that game. They beat Alabama twice, as I was trying to say uh, before I didn't say it at all. Um, but I just trust them more. I don't know. Just a very balanced team. Uh, I'm going to sit Purdue. I don't think Purdue's going to get knocked out early again. Like maybe yeah. Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8, but I don't see them as a team that, that gets bounced in the first round again. I also – I'm kind of basing a lot of these two picks off of the length, and Purdue has it. Yeah. I mean, with Edie and Williams underneath. I mean, they I can't like, guard anybody. That's what Ivy's going to have to show up and defend. I mean, that's kind of his job. That's what you expect from him, but he hasn't really done it in a lot of games. But um, I think their offense is going to be too much for people. They're they're like they're like Iowa, but they aren't as good shooting the ball. They're better in, inside. They're way more athletic, and I think they're still a better defensive team than Iowa was last season. So I would sit Purdue. I'm going to cut Kansas. Uh, I just don't trust them. I think out of these three teams, they are the least balanced and probably the team that should have more than four losses. Uh, I mean, they they the one game where you're like, okay, they're legit is when they annihilated Baylor. Yeah. But then they lose to Texas, they lose to Kentucky, lose to Texas Tech. Those are all good losses. Loss to Dayton was a bit questionable. Um, offensively, they're very good. No questioning that. Defensively, you get a little bit worried about this team. Uh, 40th in efficiency in the country. I think a lot of their offense is going to run through Igbaji. Um, you don't, you never know what you're going to get off their bench. Remy Martin is good, but I don't think he shows up enough. So I think the teams I trust the most, Auburn, Purdue, Kansas. So we're going to kind of almost flip it, except you're going to cut Purdue. and I'm going to – I saw uh, uh, Brad Evans posted – uh, who Purdue is surrounded by in adjusted defensive efficiency. And they are behind Drake and Jacksonville and just ahead of San Diego and UNC Greensboro. Good company for them. Uh, yeah, I think those are teams that all have no offense, so they have to just play defense, I would assume. <laughs> I mean, sure. we know that they're not good <clears throat> yeah. defensively. Uh, last year, Iowa was 75th, so better than Purdue, but – um, I think it's similar. I feel like, I feel like Purdue. I just in big games, I think they're going to show up. Okay. The Illinois game is a prime example of that. Now, what happened after that? It's very weird. Uh, Michigan was a classic letdown spot. We all saw that coming on this program. If you watch this program, you would have known. Maryland, that was weird. I don't know what the hell happened there. You can't even have. You can't let that happen on your home floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. I'm going to trust them. Uh, number one offense in the country. Too much size, I think, for some of the mid-major teams to handle early in the tournament. So I think they'll make a deep run. Uh, next set, Kentucky, Illinois, Villanova. Uh, I am going to uh, start Kentucky. I think this this is a clear one. Um, Kentucky just has too many weapons. They're starting to play a lot better. Uh, Oscar Shibway, of course, National Player of the Year candidate. Uh, I think Kentucky kind of goes as Ty Ty Washington goes. Um, he's back, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, he did get hurt in the yeah. last game they played. Okay. So I think he might miss a little bit of time, the Florida okay. game, but he'll be fine. So, yeah. So I'm going to go with start Kentucky. Um, 
And this one's tough for me. This, this one's tough. I've 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 hated on Villanova verbally for a while. Then I liked them. Then they tried to let me down. But I am going in Illinois. Illinois, our team, right? I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's our team. But Illinois' consistency lately is just brutal. Um, they play really good. They put up forty-four points in the first half, and then they can't score a basket. Um, against a team like Northwestern. Um, so it it pains me to say it, but I am going to sit Villanova and I am going to cut Illinois out of this group. Yeah, I did the same thing. Uh, yeah. I knew I knew that the Illinois game yesterday would break you. Uh, <laughs> it did. To make you cut them. It did. I mean, Kentucky's clear number one. I think Sheboy yeah. is going to be an absolute monster to handle. The big thing for them this week, though, they got Tennessee – in Alabama this week, and Ty Ty Washington probably doesn't play in either game. Yeah. So it's a big test. They'll probably lose one if I had to guess, but we'll see. Uh, but they're the clear one to – I mean, if they're starting to get guys outside of Ty Ty and Sheboy to con, uh, contribute, whether it's Keon Brooks having a big game, Kellen Grady's a really good shooter, uh, Davion Mintz and Jacob Topple were two guys that were there last season that struggled but have started to play better. Severe Wheeler is just not Ty Ty Washington. Yeah. Uh, so that's why they need Ty Ty to be healthy. But yeah, they're a clear number uh, number one out of these three. Uh, Villanova depth is always the thing that I want to talk about with Villanova. But I think that Gillespie is not going to allow them to. Um, they're going to make a deep run. Like he's one of the best point guards in the country. He's the he's like the prime example of what you need in a point guard in March. Like yeah. he is it. He is what you need. Last year they lost in the Sweet Sixteen, I believe. Was it Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight? to uh, Baylor. It was one of the two, uh, but that's, they kind of ran into a buzzsaw there. My memory uh, doesn't go past five days. So, Well, that's, that's a tough one, but uh, they just have a really, really good starting five. I mean, I mean, they don't really have a true center, but that's fine. They'll be fine. And then Illinois. Yeah. They just inconsistent. Uh, yeah. Their guards have been not playing well at all for the most part over the last few games. And uh, they have this guy that starts the four that apparently forgot how to make a jumper. So, yeah. Yeah. Next group, Duke, Wisconsin, UCLA. Um, this one I'm going to go uh, – I and I know UCLA, you know, they were there last year, um, made a great run. But uh, I'm going to go start Duke. Um, I know they have some questionable losses um, against Miami and Florida State and Virginia. But, I mean, they were all close games. Um, but I think Duke is the best team out of this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and sit UCLA, but I it, that one's close. That one's close. Um, Wisconsin, no. See you later. I don't know if Wisconsin will make it out of the first weekend. So yeah, I did the same. Uh, UCLA, trust them based off of last season. I think this season they're almost like I think they're a better overall roster this season than they were last season, but. There are some concerns there. If Juzang's not playing well, I think that's a big uh, – I mean, he was horrendous against Arizona State, and they yeah. lost that game. So yeah. that could be a problem. They need guys like Tiger Campbell and Jaime Jaquez to to show up in those spots. Uh, Duke, though, I think the ACC being as bad as it is is probably not going to help them in March. And some of the games they've lost have been very weird. Like, I feel like they haven't shown up in a lot of big games. I mean, they showed up against Gonzaga and beat them, but then lose to Ohio State the next the next game. Uh, you can't lose to Florida State or Virginia. I feel like that's 
goes without saying you shouldn't lose to Miami at home either. But I think that their lineup is just, I mean, they have so many different ways to beat you. Like Boncaro can do so many different things, whether it's going to the rim, he can shoot. Keels and Griffin are just two great shooters. Wendell Moore's been a completely different player this season than he was last year. And the big thing with them is the interior presence of Mark Williams and uh, and Theo John off the bench. So I feel like that's kind of two, the two big things for, for Duke. And Wisconsin, yeah. I mean, Wisconsin can't shoot. Like, I don't know what the hell is wrong with their shooting. They yeah. can't shoot. Yeah. Their three-point shooting has been horrific. And it's really hurt them in the metrics. They're down to 36th, 51st overall offensively. They can't shoot. So that's the problem <laughs> with them. Uh, next one, Arizona, Gonzaga, Houston. Uh, this is a good one. Um, I, I mean, I think clearly the top two are Gonzaga and Arizona out of this. Um, but I, I think Gonzaga just has too many weapons. Um, they're, they they know how to win um, in the tournament. Uh, Arizona, of course, was banned last year or not? Self-imposed, yeah. Self-imposed ban. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start Gonzaga. Um, I'll put Arizona sitting and Houston. Uh, I like them, but in the in this three, they're going to get cut. Yep, I did the same. I think Houston it was so much better last season. Like Quentin Grimes, Dejan Giroux, such a better team last season. Yeah. I don't think they're going to make it very far this season. Uh they got to the final four last year, and uh, Baylor kind of, you know, let them know what's up. Uh, but Gonzaga, clear number one. I mean, they just, they're just they so deep. They, all five guys, double digits. Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy is going to be so much more dynamic than what mm-hmm. they had last season uh, yeah. with Timmy by himself pretty much. So that's going to be a problem. But uh, Arizona, clear number two. Arizona is kind of a – the one thing I worry about them with is – Creesa. Like if he's not playing well, they're in trouble. And Matherin's been a little bit shaky recently. Not the last few games, but before that he had a, a bit of a rough stretch. Uh, but the the thing with Arizona, and it's a lot like Purdue, is they can turn it on whenever they want. Like the first 10 minutes against Washington, it was 25 to 12 Washington. They proceeded to score 33 points in the next 10 minutes. With a 45, so they were down. They, I know, I know, Washington's not good. They were Arizona was down 13 in the first 10 minutes of the game. By halftime, they were up by double digits. So, you a bit of a problem when you run into them. Uh, That's going to be a problem. So, I mean, you're down 13 in the first 10 minutes of a game, and you win that game by 25 points. I feel like that's something that you can point to and say, yeah, they can turn it on whenever they want. And Matherin was eight for 11 in that game from the field. So they're just a really dynamic, really skilled, and a lot of great fundamentals. I feel like that's the thing with Gonzaga and Arizona. A lot of it's coaching. A lot of it's the same kind of style. Tommy Lloyd came over from Gonzaga. So uh, love both those teams. At least one of them will be in the Final Four, if not both. Uh, Last one of these, and I think this might be the hardest one, Alabama, Texas Tech, Ohio State. Yeah, um, I I think for me, um, I, I think Texas Tech can be the best team out of this group. Um, so I'm going to go with them starting. Uh, and then I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to, 
I think Ohio State's kind of getting slept on a little bit. I think they find ways to win. I think EJ Liddell is a phenomenal player, um, and their big's getting better. Uh, what's his name? Anyways, Zed Key. Zed Key. He's getting better. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sit Ohio State. And sorry, Nate Oates. I gotta cut Alabama. So I went a bit of a different way here. Uh, I did cut Alabama. I don't trust them at all. I think they have all the talent in the world that you need to make a run, but they're just so inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting Texas Tech. So I worry about their offense. They have some offensive shortcomings, which we knew they would. They're primarily a defensive team. They have the number three defense in the country, but they turn the ball over too much. They Mm -hmm. aren't very good from three, and their free throw shooting is terrible. So – that's where you worry. And you look at their losses. They have a couple of head scratches. I think their offense, defense travels. We know that. They've won a lot of big games. But I, I do worry about the offense for them. Uh, and I think that's might get them somewhere. So yeah. that's why I'm starting Ohio State. I think Ohio State, like you said, finds ways to win. Mm-hmm. I think they have a much better lineup than people give them credit for. I think they're one of the better offensive teams in the country. Uh, they went into Michigan little early adversity, won the game by 11. Like you said, Liddell, one of the best players in the country. Uh, they have a, an emerging freshman with Malachi Branham. So I think that despite the fact they're not the lengthiest team and they don't really play anybody who's above 6'8", I yeah. think that they're going to be very hard to beat. Yeah, and they just have guys that kind of kind of do their things, right? I mean, Kyle Young, really good defender. Um get some buckets when he needs to. And then um, Justin Aarons can shoot you out of the gym if he's hot. And they're not losing in the first round again. So no, that's not going to happen. All right, let's do a couple bracketology things real quick. I got the heat check CBB. I believe this is Lucas Harkins bracketology. Number two rated on bracket uh, matrix. I figured I'd check it out. Um, Last four in. Appears to be Oregon, North Carolina, Miami, SMU. So that's a two-bit American Athletic Conference. Congrats to them. Uh, shout out, I think most would say. So Oregon, North Carolina in a playing game would be one of the biggest bloodbaths and one of the most embarrassing moments in the history of North Carolina basketball. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Will Richardson would have 20. Jacob Young would have 15. I, it would be so ugly. And Dana Ullman would – embarrass Hubert, I think. So that's the problem for North Carolina. Um, Miami SMU is a game that most people probably fall asleep to. I think Kendrick Davis is somebody that people should want to watch for SMU, but Miami is just so boring. Like they got a 45-year-old running point for him pretty much. Charlie Moore is like 40 years old, right? So, you know, uh, but it, elsewhere you look at some of these matchups, you, you want some electrifying 13 seed, 14 seed type games. I'll give you a 6 11 matchup on this bracket that would literally be must watch TV. We just talked about them Ohio State 6 seed, which I think they're actually going to end up being like a 5 or a 4 if, eventually, time yeah. will versus 11 seed San Francisco. I mean, woo! San Francisco's backcourt is something that people should talk about more. Jamari Bouye is very good. I think he's an NBA first round pick. Like late first round, not a lottery pick, late first round. San Francisco is much better than people give them credit for because there's like this, there's like a hate campaign for the West Coast Conference going around. A lot of people like they hate it because it's not that good. Yeah, the bottom of the conference is terrible, but the few top teams are actually very good. Uh, Alabama, Michigan, another 6 11 matchup. This would be an interesting matchup. I think Michigan would win that game. 
Uh, but you never know. Oh, yeah, I think that'd be a great matchup. And you want a matchup for Wisconsin to get knocked out of the first round? Wisconsin-Vermont. Vermont 14 seed. Vermont has an extremely good offense. Yeah. Very good offense. They are going to be a problem forever they play. Whoever plays them in the first round is going to get screwed. Like, that's a bad, bad matchup. And uh, this tweet from Tony Patelis, at Tony Patelis on Twitter, shout out. Uh, I got to find it here about Vermont, and it's pretty much a sentiment that everybody agrees with. If Vermont wins the America East and gets into the dance, I pity the team that draws them in the first round. So they're good offense. So that's something to watch out for. But uh, nothing too, too, that stands out too much here. Uh, Wyoming Davidson is a 7-10, I think would be interesting. Wyoming, very good offensive team. Uh, Purdue taking on your guys at Longwood, 2-15 matchup. Good game there for sure. Uh, Illinois playing Wagner, who is in a conference in America. So congrats <laughs> to them on that. Yeah. But uh, nothing too much sticking out here. We'll go. We'll find a different bracketologist for next week to look at some matchups, but nothing to disagree with. I think on that uh, because I don't think anybody really knows since it's only February. A lot of a lot yeah. of a lot of ball game left on that one. About a month to go. But uh, what can you do? Seems fair. All right, best team in the Mountain West. We did this with the Atlantic 10 last year. We're going to do it with the Mountain West. Uh, four options, look at some various stats, and then pick. I think there's a clear number one. I'll probably rank them, but I think there's a clear number one here. Uh, we're going to go from option four to option one. Option four, San Diego State, 15-6 and six overall, 7-3 and three in the Mountain West, number 52 in the net, 1-5 Q1, 2-1 Q2, 5-0, and 7-0, oh, and 3-4. Oh, and and 48th in the Basketball Power Index, ESPN, BPI, which is total BS, by the way. These The BPI rankings are a joke. 42nd on Ken Palm, 221st overall adjusted offense, 22nd adjusted defense. Uh, best win was the neutral side victory over St. Mary's in December. Worst loss was to Boise State at Boise State by five. But the key, the kicker and the key there, they scored 40 or they scored 37 points in that game. That's bad. Uh, Colorado State is the second option that we're going to go over here. They are 20-3. and three. They're 10-3 and three in conference play. Um, they obviously have a very dynamic player with David Roddy. We all know how good he is. Uh, other numbers with them, they're 31st in the net, 2-2 two and two in quad 1, 7-0 and oh quad 2, 4-1 quad 3, 6-0 oh quad 4, 77th in the BPI, and then 32nd, Ken Palm, 15th overall offense. Adjusted offensive efficiency, 113 defensively. Uh, best one was over St. Mary's by 16 early December. Worst loss was home against UNLV by 14 just a couple weeks ago. Next option, Boise State, 19-6 and six overall record, 10-2 and two in the conference, 39th in the net, 5-1 quad one, 3-4 quad two, 5-0 quad three. They have a quad four loss, 5-1 and one in quad four. 62nd in the basketball power index, 40th on Ken Palm, 126th adjusted offense, 11th defense. Uh, their best win was over Wyoming by three. That was a few weeks ago. And then, like I said, quad four loss to Cal State Bakersfield by seven. They only scored 39 points in that game, so that's a problem in November. And then the the uh, last option is Wyoming, 21 and three, 10 and one in the uh, Mountain West, 25th in the net, two and two quad one, six and one quad two, five and zero oh, quad three, seven and zero oh, quad four, 91st. On the BPI, which is very questionable. 30th on Ken Palm, 22nd adjusted offense, 77th defense. 
best win at Fresno State by two, and their worst loss was neutral site by uh, three to Stanford in December. So, who's the best team in the Mountain West? Um, since I've watched so much Mountain West basketball, yes. um, I, I'm clearly going with Colorado State. Terrible pick, but <laughs> um, I mean, what do you want me to pick the team that's winning the Mountain West right now? That seems too obvious. Well, it's intriguing because the top four, they're not separated by that much. Sure. But I think Wyoming is clearly the best team. Like, sure. I like Colorado State a lot. David Roddy's a stud. We all know that. But the thing to me is how stupid is the BPI on ESPN if Wyoming is 91st and San Diego State is 48th? Like, San Diego State, 221st offense. That is horrendous. That's unbelievable to me. But if I were to rank these, I would say Colorado State is second. Uh, but then the problem is you have these incompetent offensive teams, Boise State and San Diego State. You probably go Boise State 2, San Diego State – or uh, Boise State 3, San Diego State 4. But the problem is Boise State lost to Cal State Bakersfield. Like, that is a horrendous loss. But it was, you know, November, so I guess that doesn't really matter that much. But Wyoming clearly the best. I think a lot of people would – Probably say Wyoming, but it's an interesting question given the fact that there's, uh, you know, multiple good teams in this conference, probably a three to four bid conference. So shout out. I think one of these teams makes a pretty good run. So we'll see if that actually happens. But uh, now we move on to the next thing, which is, of course, uh, by the way, National Player of the Year candidates according to CBS Sports Drew Timmy, Oche Agbaji, Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey, David Roddy are their five. So no Shibwe, no Kofi. That is hilarious. Let me get a picture that's like posted on Twitter about how stupid it is. All right, that'll go up in a little bit. All right, next. True X-Factor players in conferences. Not the best player, the most important. This team needs this player to play well to win. ACC, go. Uh, I went with A.J. Griffin of Duke. That's a good pick. I went with uh, Duke player as well. I went with Wendell Moore. A lengthy guard. I think if he plays well, they play well. 52% from the field, 41 from three, 75 from the line. Uh, stacks the uh, stuffs the stat sheet. I think is is the is the phrase sure. the terminology. Uh, 13, five, and four. Pretty good. How you doing? Uh, Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten. I went with Tyler Wall of Wisconsin. Um, that was that was under consideration for me. Yeah, uh, I just we've seen Wisconsin without him, and uh, they're not anywhere near as good as they are um everybody thinks this is you know johnny davis's team but johnny davis needs other guys and the way tyler wall can move around the basket for not being an overly big guy uh, is pretty impressive yeah i agree uh what i was looking for in the big 10 is efficiency i think it's hard to be efficient in this conference yeah but i think for michigan state malik hall uh, 10 points, five rebounds, and an assist per game, 56% from the field, 53% from three, 77% from the line. I think they need him to play well to win. You look at a couple of their early season games, he had big games uh, to get them those victories, specifically over Loyola Chicago and UConn in uh, in the battle for Atlantis. So he was big time in those games. Uh, big East. Uh, the Big East, I went with a uh, UConn guy, uh, Isaiah Whaley. UConn is a team that I usually love, but I'm starting to doubt Dan Hurley this season. I mean, I know they came back and beat St. John's yesterday, but, man, they are a team that hurts themselves more than almost anybody. So good pick, though. Uh, I'm going to go Eric Dixon, Villanova. 
uh, 10.6 rebounds, one assist, 51% from the field, 45 from three, 84 from the line, just a lengthy guy. They need him there. I think that him uh, being a compliment to Colin Gillespie, I think is probably a, a great way to utilize him. And I think they've done that this season. And uh, I got to go, I got to go with the Villanova guy. I mean, I just have to uh, big 12. Uh, big 12. I went with uh, Kevin O'Banner of Texas tech. Um Played at Oral Roberts last year, correct? Um, yep. I feel like he is he he's a guy that at Oral Roberts he was he was a scorer, um, and I feel like they need him to to play well to to keep going um, to do well. So, I mean, it's an incompetent offense with Texas Tech, so right. they need a guy like him. They that's my somebody. that's my pick as well. Uh, okay, only averaging nine points, they're gonna need that to yeah. go up. I'm surprised his three point percentage last season was 45 it's 31 this season that's a problem yeah an adjustment from the summit league to the big 12 i think is, is definitely something that has happened but um if he can get going on offense that's going to make texas tech a much more dangerous team than they already are oh yeah uh pack 12 pack 12 i went with uh kind of off the wall I, I don't know off the wall i don't, I don't <laughs> even know if this guy starts um i went with miles johnson of ucla um, I feel like uh, Mick Cronin says name. Yeah, he treats he treats a lot of he treats Miles Johnson like a Brad Underwood player for yeah. him, you know. Yeah, um, and I feel like they need to utilize him a lot more. Um, he played well in the Big Ten. Uh, he's a big body, and I and I don't know if that's just you know Pac-12 play doesn't use big bodies like that very often, um, but I think that he would be a key for UCLA to make a run. So that's fair. I mean that interior presence is definitely a big a big deal. He did it at Rutgers last season. So I'm gonna go with the guy I mentioned earlier who's been very inefficient and has had some really bad games. Kirk Creesa, Arizona. Uh they need him to get going, run the point, 35 from the field, 33 from three, averaging 10 points, two rebounds, five assists. If he can facilitate, make plays and get better shots and shoot more efficiently, I think that makes Arizona like the only team that could touch Gonzaga if if that happens. But I guess Auburn probably has a an argument there. Uh SEC. Um, I went with Kai Kai Washington. Um, I, I know that maybe he could say that he's the second best player on Kentucky. So maybe yeah, not, yes. not fit in this category, but I feel mm. like Kentucky needs him to to be able to play well. Um, you know, him being injured and stuff. Uh, I think he's a big part of of Kentucky being good. So I went with him as well. Okay. Um, I think he's a, he's a, he go, they go guy. If he yeah. goes, they go. And uh, point guard was a huge, huge thing for Kentucky last season, especially given the year before that, they had Tyrese Maxey, Emmanuel quickly and Ashton Hagens. So the fact they went from those three who were all dynamic, two of which are being, who have been very good NBA players to this point. And then they go to having like no point guard last year. Now they get a guy like Ty Ty Washington in there. They completely changes what Calipari can do. And Shibway is a huge part of that the way that they've kind of rebuilt the roster without having like the marquee five star this year has been yeah. pretty impressive. Like Ty Ty's, he was a good recruit, but he wasn't a marquee normal Kentucky guy. Right. And I think another one, we talked about him a lot. Um, Walker Kessler, I think when yep. he's playing well for Auburn, Auburn's. Auburn's a lot better. Uh, he can shoot. He can bl- defend. Um, he's, he's a really good big. Agreed. Uh, Mountain West. Pfft, didn't even pick one. 
All right. Hunter, <laughs> Hunter Maldonado, Wyoming. Okay. Second fiddle to Graham Ike. So this is a very dynamic duo. Both have length, 6'7", six, 6'9". Six, Maldonado is a 6'7 guard, senior, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, so he has good lines every night. 54% from the field, struggles from 3, 24%, got to get that up, 72% from the line. You look at a few of his games recently, uh, he had 23 against San Jose State. He was efficient, 23 against Utah State, 21 against Fresno State. He dropped 35 on Colorado State in an overtime game. Graham Ike, same way, that duo is going to be able to you know, carry them to some wins, I think, in the tournament. Uh, but Maldonado, my pick there. Did you pick a West Coast guy? I did. Um, I picked Chet Holmgren. He because, might be the best player. Yeah, I, I, and I understand that. But I, I feel like when he started, um, you know, the season, he he just hadn't developed. I've talked about that earlier. And I feel like him getting better is going to make Gonzaga just elite. So. Yep. I agree. There already, so. I didn't want to go with a Gonzaga player because it's just so easy, and I feel like the league's going to get multiple bids, and I'm just going to go with somebody that I hope gets in the tournament. That's Khalil Shabazz, uh, guard San Francisco. The backcourt duo of him and Jamari Bouillai is just, I mean, come on. You got to yeah. watch that. It's great stuff. Uh, Shabazz is a stud, though. Not very efficient, but does score. 12 points, three rebounds, two assists. Only 37, 31, 83 on the slash line, which isn't great, but I think he'll be fine. Him and Booyah in the back, uh, in the backcourt for Todd Golden is uh, marvelous basketball. They can score. Like their offense, not great metrics, but they've had a lot of games where they've scored a lot of points. Maybe not the greatest, greatest opponents. I mean, they beat the Academy of Art scoring 111 points. So uh, <laughs> that was a, a big game for for the, for the those guys. I mean, you know, you got uh, 18 from Bouye and uh, 18 from Shabazz. So they were able to beat the Academy of Art. Pretty good. Uh, which, unbelievable that they have a basketball team. Fantastic. Uh, last one, American Athletic Conference. Uh, I went with Lester Quinones. Uh, Quinones. Memphis. I, I don't know how to say Memphis. that one. Um, yeah, I think that uh, him him playing well uh, really helps uh, Memphis. Uh, against SMU, he had four points. Of course, Memphis lost that game. Um, came back and scored 13 against Houston. Uh, pretty good three-point shooter usually, uh, shooting up in the 40% range, so. I think he's a big part of Memphis uh, trying to make a run to get into the tournament. If you look at SMU's roster, Mm -hmm. I want them in the tournament so bad. First of all, Kendrick Davis is a stud. He's their best player. I'm going with Marcus Weathers, who's a forward, 6'5", 215, averages 12 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 54% of the field, 39% from 3, 74% from the line. He's the brother of short shorts. Short Shorts also <laughs> plays for SMU. Michael Weathers okay. also plays for SMU. They have both of them have played at like three different schools. Dang, each. look at them. Ma- Marcus Weathers and Michael Weathers. So Marcus and his brother Short Shorts. Okay. With Kendrick Davis, this team has to get in the tournament. Michael Weathers is leading the team in blocks as a Dude, guard. He's six three too. They, he played at Miami. I mean, it's only one point one, but still. So. Well, the majority of their minutes are played by guys who are 6'5 and under. Mm. So you look at the majority of their minutes, they have Davis is six foot, Weathers, both Weathers, 6'5, six, 6'3, six, Emmanuel Bandumel, 6'4, and Zach Nuttall, 6'3. So, That's a name. That's a name. 
Yeah, I mean, this team has to get in the tournament. So Marcus <laughs> Weathers played at uh, Miami, Duquesne, okay. SMU. Michael <laughs> Weathers went Miami of Ohio, Oklahoma State, Texas Southern, SMU. They got to get in the tournament. Short shorts and his brother, we need them in the tournament. So hopefully does, SMU gets in. Does Marcus wear short shorts? or? Great question. Great question. I mean, I haven't really paid attention, <laughs> but – I think that if they do, then that just gives them an either an even bigger advantage, I would think. Um does wear, has a heck of a mustache too. Look at that thing. He does wear pretty short shorts, yeah. Okay. Those are those are fairly short, I would say. <laughs> but uh all right. A new thing. Five conference tournament sleepers. Okay. Number I, one. So I assumed this was like teams that need to win the conference tournament to get in. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. uh, Number one, I went with a team that you think is probably going to get in anyways. But I went with Oklahoma. Did you say that you thought they were getting in, or did I just make that up? Oklahoma or or North Carolina, one of the two, I think gets in. That's going to be a very hard tournament to win. Yeah, I agree. Um, But I, you know, I think uh, once Porter Moser learns, you know, plays these teams, you know, a couple times, I think he's going to figure things out. A heck of a coach. So I, I think that he finds a way to to let Oklahoma get in there. So my first pick is Michigan in the Big Ten. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they've played these teams enough to where if Caleb Houston can actually make some shots and Dickens is playing well, they could probably beat anybody. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I was going with them or Rutgers, and I was like, okay, I trust Michigan to win a big game more than Rutgers right now on a neutral court. Yeah, because Rutgers went into the Big Ten tournament last year without really needing to do anything, and they just got obliterated by Illinois. So something to think about. Uh, what's your second? Uh, my second is San Diego State out of the Mountain West. Um, I picked them to win the conference regular season. Um, I think that they make a run in the tournament. Uh, you know, the Mountain West that I love so much and yep. I watch all the time. Um, I'm going with San Diego State. I'm going Atlantic 10. I'm going St. Louis, who's playing St. Bonaventure right now, and they're down by two with 21 seconds left. Ouch. They need to win this conference tournament, and it's pretty open. I mean, after Davidson, there's not really a team that's a big a big threat over the other. I mean, St. Bonaventure has so many veterans. They should be so much better than they are, but they're not. So I'm going to go with SLU. Uh, what's your third? Uh, my third is uh, Colorado out of the Pac-12. <laughs> That's a tough um, one. That's that's a, that's a tough one. But yeah, the Pac-12 is known for hey, having wild results. That's right. The Buffaloes might make a run. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. It's Colorado. Right now. <laughs> yep. 150th offense. Not bad. <laughs> Lost to Southern Illinois. All right. All right. I'm going to go with Cal State Fullerton in the Big West. Uh, this is a team that after Long Beach State, Pretty wide open conference. Hawaii, Cal State Fullerton, UC Irvine, all six and three, seven and three. Uh, Cal State Fullerton, very balanced. They don't really do anything too special on either end of the floor. Uh, their tempo is pretty normal, but uh, I don't know. They can kind of lull you to sleep, maybe do that to Long Beach State late in the tournament. We'll see. Uh, the whack is where I went next. So I don't know why I said that first. You're fourth. Um, go ahead. Okay, well, I went Grand Canyon. You know, they won Same. it last year. Same. <laughs> so I feel like we yep. were probably in locks that they're fine to do it the whole time. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to trust Bryce Drew. Great defensive team. 51st in the country in defensive efficiency. 
people probably don't realize that this this Western Athletic Conference has four top 100 defensive efficiency teams, and Grand Canyon is one of them. They won it last year, like I said, seven and four in the conference this year, seventeen and six overall. Uh, I don't see why they couldn't do it. They have a pretty good roster. If you look at it, you recognize some of the names over the past few seasons, but uh, why not? Yeah. Why not? All right. Fifth pick. Uh, my last pick is going to be Drake out of the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, they they beat Loyola this year. Um, they, they lost to Northern Iowa by five, I believe. So uh, look out for Drake. That's not a bad pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Moorhead State, Ohio Valley Conference. Just because I love Moorhead. They won it last year. They beat Belmont in that last year. So Uh shout out to them. They had that going for them. Uh Uh, But I don't know. I mean, they they had Murray State in the ropes, lost that game. They had Belmont as well. The game before that, they lost. Their offense definitely is a worry, but their defense is good. Uh, they scored 53 and 47 points the last two games. That's not ideal, but they won it last year. I don't see why they couldn't do it again, but I'd be kind of surprised if Murray State doesn't run through. I mean, Murray State is very good, so that could be a problem for them. Uh, upset True. picks of the week. I went 2-1 and one last week. I uh, had Arkansas and Michigan, and then I lost with DePaul, which DePaul had it until they didn't. I think I went 2-1. and one. I don't remember. Who did I pick? Maybe I went one and two. You had Arkansas. You had Illinois, which was a loss. Lost. And then uh, I don't remember your other one. That was Rutgers, wasn't it? Rutgers over Wisconsin. Rutgers at Wisconsin. There you go. Two and one. So I'm starting this week with a really bold one, I think. Uh, Duke has been prone to losing mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Wake Forest to beat Duke tomorrow. That's my first pick also. How about that? I mean, we're just great minds think alike. I know. It's probably the thing here. Impressive. Uh, My next pick is uh, a much-needed victory here for St. John's over Xavier. Uh, St. John's needs to win this game, so I'm going to say they do on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Um, My uh, second game was uh, Oklahoma over Texas. Um, I believe Oklahoma's at home, so I don't even know if it's going to be an upset, right? They might be a favorite. Technically, I, I mean, yeah, so, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know, um, but I feel like Oklahoma needs to pile on some wins. Um, we've talked about it. To get in, they're going to have to make a make a little bit of a run um, and, and put some some marks in the win column left side, whatever they yeah. say. Yeah, that. So. Absolutely they are, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with – uh, Saturday, Oregon over Arizona for my third pick. Okay. Wow. That's a good one. Um, I am going to go with my third pick, uh, kind of like I did last week. I think Wisconsin loses again at home. Wait, maybe they're at Indiana. I don't know. But I think Indiana beats Wisconsin. That game Wisconsin, is uh... – Until Wisconsin proves to me they're better than their weak-ass schedule – I'm going to pick them to lose every game. Fair. Totally fair. <laughs> uh, I can't find that game, but I don't know where it's at. Tuesday, Tuesday tomorrow, I think. I think it's, it's at Indiana. At Indiana. Okay. Yeah. So, so I think Wisconsin's going to lose we'll at see. Indiana. 
We'll see. Uh, games of the week is where we finish this thing. Uh, for tonight, I had St. Louis, St. Bonaventure. That game is now over. St. Bonaventure won by four. Ouch. So scratch that one off. Then tonight, later tonight, we got 8 p.m., three games. Oklahoma State at number six, Kansas. Oklahoma State can hang around with them a little bit. Probably not do too much after that, but uh, that's on ESPN. 8 p.m., ESPNU, Washington State at Oregon. Washington State, very talented team. Haven't been as good as a lot expected, including myself this season, but uh, they could beat Oregon. We'll see. And then Dayton at Rhode Island. Uh, Rhode Island just beat Davidson, so who knows? Rhode Island is a team that can upset some people, no doubt. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, and Dayton, that's 8 o'clock CBS Sports Network. Then Tuesday, 5.30, Michigan State at Penn State. Uh, just because Penn State's hung around with some teams, they probably should have beaten Wisconsin if their offense wasn't atrocious. That's on Big Ten Network. Uh, 6 o'clock, yes. Wake Forest at number 9, Duke. Number 20, Texas at Oklahoma. And Memphis at Cincinnati. Those are all ESPN product is this is this live this is, penn state's only two and a half point dog it's not that surprising i mean penn state has hung around with these but two and a half is definitely pretty low considering the two teams resumes against each other i think yeah but uh no, later later on tuesday uh this is probably the biggest game of the week on paper number 10 villanova at number eight providence uh, seven o'clock on CBS Sports Network, uh, allegedly. I guess I that doesn't feel like a CBS Sports Network game to me, but it is. Okay. Um, then you got number fourteen or number four, Kentucky at number sixteen, Tennessee at eight o'clock on ESPN. As you alluded to earlier, Wyoming, nope, uh, Wisconsin got the Debbies mixed up. Wisconsin at Indiana, Wisconsin number fifteen. That's eight o'clock ESPN two. Wyoming at New Mexico, uh, Wyoming number twenty two. By the way, shout out to them. Uh, eight p.m. My upsets aren't very good. Indiana is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Not great. Uh, Utah State at San Diego State, 9 p.m. CBS Sports Network. And then Wednesday, we have St. John's at Xavier, 530. Mississippi State at number 25, Alabama, 6 o'clock. Number 12, Illinois, Rutgers, 6 o'clock. Seton Hall at UConn, 730. Number 5, Purdue at Northwestern, 8 o'clock. And number 7, Baylor at number 10, Texas Tech. At 8 o'clock uh, Thursday, North Texas at FAU at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. That's number one in the uh, Conference USA West versus number two in the Conference USA East. A couple okay. of the best teams in the conference there. Michigan at Iowa. Michigan could really use that game. And Iowa's offense has just been destroying everybody. So something to think yeah. about at 6 o'clock. Uh, Oral Roberts at North Dakota State at 7 o'clock. That's number two in the summit versus number three in the summit. Colorado State at New Mexico. New Mexico, a team that could be somebody that could upset them. Uh, Oregon at Arizona State. Just because Arizona State somehow hung around with good teams or they beat UCLA. Could be an interesting spot for Oregon. Uh, big West Coast game, San Francisco at St. Mary's at 9 o'clock Central on Thursday. And then Washington State at UCLA, number 13, at 10 o'clock on FS1. Another game where Washington State just so talented. They could beat anybody, I think. Uh, in the Pac-12, other than Arizona probably, but you never know. Uh, Friday night, Richmond at VCU at 6 o'clock, Princeton at Brown at 6 o'clock. The only reason I put that game on there is because Princeton defines electricity on offense. An Ivy League team with a top 50 adjusted offense, something to watch. Uh, then Wright State at Oakland, really just reaching for games on Friday night at this point. Uh, number four in the horizon versus number two in the horizon. So there you go. Uh, Saturday, 11 a.m. games. Xavier at number 24. UConn, number 12. Illinois at number 19. Michigan State. UMBC at Vermont. 
Vermont, like I said, very good America East team. Uh, 11.30 a.m. Central Texas Tech, who's number 11 at number 20 Texas at noon. Number 25 Alabama at number 4 Kentucky. 1 o'clock, number 2 Auburn at Florida. 1.30 Iowa at number 18 Ohio State. 2.30 St. Louis at Davidson. 3 o'clock games, you have uh, number 16 Tennessee at number 23 Arkansas. A good SOCON game with VM, uh, VMI at Chattanooga. Uh, North Texas at UAB, number two in the Conference USA West versus number one. Five o'clock, Florida State at number nine, Duke. Let's see if Florida State can not give up a billion points in the first half like <laughs> against North Carolina. On Saturday, uh, then you have Drake at Loyola Chicago. Big game there. Loyola Chicago already lost to them early in the season, like you said. Uh, Utah State at Boise State, five o'clock, CBS Sports Network. New Mexico State at Grand Canyon, seven o'clock, ESPN Plus. Santa Clara at number one, Gonzaga, eight o'clock. Oregon at number three, Arizona, 9 o'clock. Long Beach State at UC Santa Barbara, 9 p.m. San Diego State at Fresno State, 9 o'clock. And the final games, Sunday. Michigan at number 15, Wisconsin at noon. Missouri State at Northern Iowa at 1 o'clock. Marquette at Creighton at 2 o'clock. Rutgers at number 5, Purdue at 4.30. And Washington State at number 17, USC at 6.30. So big week of games. We'll see. As it is. As it is, Yes. So that means that we'll be back next Monday on the 21st for the third edition of this as we get ever closer, a couple weeks away from a big-time big conference tournaments going down soon. Four so weeks. We'll be back to discuss that, all that and more next week. Countdown to March Mass number three coming your way next Monday. See you then. Later.